Amen. Amen. Not used to this 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock preaching. I, uh, a few years ago, I got asked to go to McMinnville First Baptist to fill in, and they said it was at 9.30, and I said, wow, that's awful early, but that'd be good, that'd be okay. So I get up there, and I, when I got there, I found out there was another service at 11.30, too, and, uh, but anyhow, we had a good day, good day, and it's a good day to be here with you. And I told the, the 9 o'clock service, this is back home, and it uh, seemed like I just can't stay here very long with you all. I don't know what it is, but uh, by the time I get back here for a day or two, a Sunday or two, and somebody calls me and needs me to fill in for them. So I'm at Silver Point Baptist right now, filling in. And I'm ac actually, technically, they're, while I'm out today, they're voting on me as the amend. Uh, as the uh, interim pastor. So we'll see how that goes for a little while and encouraging them and praying that they find a full-time pastor. Actually, was there almost 30 years ago. 30 years ago, I was at uh, uh, Silver Point Baptist, and uh, <clears throat> the preacher that just left was the preacher that, uh, while I was there, Tony may, may know him, some of you may know him, his name was Tony Crow, and Tony, I baptized him and his wife while I was there, and he went on to be a deacon and the pastor for the last 15 years, and he's had to uh, step down, <coughs> but he's a good man. He's done great there in the leadership, but pray for that they find a, a pastor that will step in and, uh, and lead them in the right direction. <coughs> uh, like I said, I got uh, the same title, the same text, but I've noticed every time I preach a sermon, I may use the same outline, but it never comes out the same. It never comes out the same. So even though you may heard it this morning, you're going to probably hear a different sermon, kind of, this, this, uh, this afternoon. But uh, it's good to be here. It's good to step in this pulpit. It's good to... How Brother Joel uh, allowed me to be here. And uh, last year I came, if you all remember, I brought the Air Force uh, flag presentation team with me. And we gave a demonstration of all the different flags that America has had. And I think that went over real good. But uh, a lot of those folks are about like me. They're about getting too old to march up and down the, the aisles and uh, carry the flags. And then some of them got whiskers on them like me, and the Air Force is strict about that. They, won't, they don't want me in uniform with my whiskers like that, but they're not allowed to really associate together right now anyhow. So hopefully maybe next year we'll get them to come back. And uh, we've done that presentation at high schools and all over uh, Middle Tennessee. And uh, a lot of people have been affected by that. And... Uh, so I hope you enjoyed it, and maybe we'll get to see them back again. <clears throat> the message, the title of it is Returning to the Lord. We are a, uh, celebrating a country that's 244, if I calculated right, 244 years old uh, this weekend. 19, or 1776. It's actually, uh, I wasn't adopted to 
to uh, this time, uh, July the 4th, but it's actually uh, worked on before that, and uh, uh, July the 2nd is when it was actually completed, but it was ratified on the 4th. And that's been our Declaration of Independence. Uh, we've got our Constitution that we go by, and as I told the group this morning, that Constitution and those leaders, the President and all those that took part in the writing of the Declaration of Independence, I, I wonder what they would think if they look back today at what's going on in America. I know when they wrote the Declaration of Independence, it was based on God's holy word. It was about what God uh, foresaw a country and what our country should look like. One nation, one nation, all together, that's one nation, under God, under God, and indivisible. Their plans for us to all be together, to worship together, even different different uh, religious denominations and different types of people, and but we're all to serve God himself. So, but we've kind of strayed away from that. We had to be back home in a country that, uh, that I loved and uh, a free nation. We were free to worship. We were free to... Uh, uh, Raise up our families and free to raise, uh, train our children in school. But boy, we, things have changed, even in our homes today. Even in our homes. I had an opportunity when I retired to work uh, here in the county as a, as a uh, youth service officer. And uh, it's supposed to have been a part-time job, but they needed about 10 15 in that job full-time because we had a lot of problems with their youth. And I noticed all the problems with their youth. And I noticed all the problems in schools and even uh, in America today. Seemed like it all starts right at home. It starts at home. Many of the boys and girls that I dealt with did not have a parent at home. Uh, if they, maybe they had a mother who was working two or three jobs and not there with the child. And they had a lot of free time and they were out in into trouble and and I believe America needs uh, uh, families to trust in the Lord and I think we need a lot of folks that will step in and help families and raise up be a good uh, example for them today God would have us to return to the Lord oh at times we we prosper in America we're we're we uh, our churches are full and we're really shows how we're blessed in America. Things are going well. And we've been doing that for the last several uh, years. We've done real well. We've prospered in economy. But with through pandemics and through protests and through all the things that are going on in the world, boy, it's just, it's just, just hard to believe how, how quickly we can fall away and how we can fall away from the Lord. How quickly. It's not only us in America that does that. We see evidence in the Bible of how quickly Israel fell away from the Lord. And the Lord had delivered them out of bondage, delivered them through battles and won battles after battle, and gave them a, a land of milk and honey, a place to, to worship their God. But 
It didn't take long for them to even stray away from that. All the blessings and their hope that they had. And I pray that America won't do that. That we will return to the Lord. That we'll, we'll see how we were set up. We will see how our forefathers planned for us to be one nation under God. Indivisible. Uh, they wanted us to, to obey the laws of God first and, abide, and, and write all our laws concerning them around God's laws. But people want to take those. They want to change it. They want to take our, our constitutional amendments and, and, and take away some of them, our rights, our rights that we do have. But America, today we are celebrating our independence. Yesterday and many today, we're still doing it in our churches. Our independence. Our independence from what? Our independence from uh, countries that... Uh, wanted to control who we worshipped, wanted to control the churches that we attend, wanted to control our whole life. But we came to America, and the reason was for that, uh, to, to find a place that we could worship our God and Him alone. And boy, we've been blessed all through the years, 244 years now. We have been blessed to be that kind of nation. But our freedoms are vastly leaving them and I believe it's because we I believe the the blame falls on most of us us as Christians we've gotten lax in, in our voices our voices are not heard in the world today we allow the media to speak for mankind and we know who the media is they speak for the liberal agenda all over the world the media uh, does not understand the Lord and what, and what the Lord has done for us and has blessed us. America's independence was won at a great cost and uh, through sacrifices of many, many people over the years. And uh, I could go on from battle to battle. We hear story after story in America how all the battles we've, we've had all through all through the different wars, uh, War One, World War Two, in Vietnam and Afghanistan, and all these different wars that most of them I've been a part of. I was in uniform from Vietnam all the way up through 1998 when most of our wars and skirmishes took place all over the world. And I saw in my time in uniform how uh, it changed, how the military has even changed. How I haven't seen the military bowing down to society. And, and when we have laws from the Lord and we have our military structure that was set in place. And it's worked for all these years. But we are allowing it to be changed. On July the 4th, 1776, our forefathers adopted the Declaration of Independence. And for over 200 years, America has enjoyed these freedoms that was won by our forefathers and all those who have fought in our history. And I found just this week, in the last week or so, two of our, our great uh, citizens here, uh, the Fraser brothers who fought in World War II. And I got to be around them a lot. And I was a part of the American Legion and, and different organizations that they were involved in. And I, and I just, I, I, I love to be around them because they were so excited about 
the opportunity that they had to fight for their country. It was a privilege for them to do that. My father, who passed away last year, almost 99, it was a privilege to him. He didn't wait to be drafted. He, he saw a need, and he went ahead and volunteered and stayed four and a half years in the military fighting in World War II, uh, fighting in battles like the Battle of the Bulge, and he fought in Normandy, and on and on and on, and he came back with some injuries, but he, he, it was a privilege for him to fight those battles. But since then, things have changed. There are those who have tried to destroy this God-fearing nation and take away our freedoms. The main reason is that America was founded on moral principles given to us by Almighty God. These principles were made to us uh, in the greatest, because we were the greatest, and because we were the most powerful and prosperous nation. We were prosperous. Everybody today still wants to come to America, even with all the things going on. I saw this weekend a, a group of, uh, of folks that were being sworn in. They, they had to be sworn in from their cars because they didn't assemble together, but they was having a drive-through swearing. And, and boy, they brought out their best suit and tie. They had their American flags, and they were so excited to be a part and to be a U.S. citizen. We take that for granted, folks. We do. America takes it for granted. We've got folks that have never fought in a war. We've got people that don't understand. They didn't have parents that taught them what, what our freedom, and, and it was because of fighting for our freedoms. And when we don't fight for something, we usually lose that privilege. But we've got many that are still alive today that understand what it means to fight for freedoms. I believe that removing prayer back in 1966 uh, was one of the uh, first things that showed the extent of America's decline. Couldn't understand that. I was in high school during that time. Why would we want to take God out of schools? That always grew up. We had prayer every morning. We had a Bible study. People would go around and they would quote a Bible verse. Even those that were never a part of a church that never went to the church would, would, would memorize a Bible verse and, and say it. And many of them would uh, say their verse and they just smiled because they had learned a Bible verse even though they hadn't went to church. Some of the Bible verses were something like this, Jesus whip. <laughs> Some of you might have done that in school. Your older folks here said Jesus whip. That's the shortest verse of the Bible. But that's God's word. As I said this morning, Jesus did weep. Jesus was a human being like us, but he was God in human flesh. And he had heard him. I believe when he got when he got burnt or he got hit a cut, I believe it hurt because he's a human being. But I think the the biggest thing that that hurt Jesus and what he really weeped about was when he saw uh, what was about to happen to America and how things were changing. He knew what was ahead as he looked down upon Jerusalem when 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 he came into the city. 
uh, he came in and they were laying palms in front of his feet and worshiping him. But then a short la- hours later, they were nailing him to a cross. And, and that's the way America is. We'll worship him uh, on some special occasions, but then through the years we'll go right back to our old ways. We're not thinking about how blessed we are. As I stand this morning, my heart aches for America. I gave 30 years of my life in the military, serving, and uh, things have changed since then, since I retired in 1998. The ungodly people whose voices are being heard today are truly they're doing their best to banish God from public life in America. Seem like the ungodly are the ones that are now are speaking the loudest in America. God's churches are silent. We are quiet. I preached a message once in a while. I've, I've, I've done it not too long ago, and it's about America needs a voice. Our voice has gotten silent. Our voice has got apparently laryngitis. We're not standing up against what's right and what's wrong. We're not marching in the streets for the Lord. We're not bearing the banner of Christ in in the streets or in our communities, in our meetings, and the things that we do in front of our legislature. We're not doing that. We're not representing. We're letting those voiceless people that that want to promote the things of Satan and, and ungodly things, they let them be heard because we're silent in America. It's certainly, in recent years, we've seen a lot of things that have changed. We have seen abortion declared as a legal right. And I will thank our, our House representatives and senators in the Tennessee. They're trying to change it in Tennessee, knowing that it will go all the way to the Supreme Court knowing that it's been struck down before, but they still pass laws to make it illegal. When we, they hear a heartbeat in, in, a, in a woman's uh, uh, stomach, they know that there's something alive there. There's something alive. It's the heartbeat bill. And, and, but we know that there will be those that will raise up and, and fight against that right here in Tennessee. In recent years, we saw the gay and homosexual behavior has become openly acceptable as normal behavior. Gay couples can now legally marry. They can now join the military. When I was recruiting in the military, that was not allowed. That was a question I had to ask them. I give them a form. They fill out. If they checked that, that they were gay or lesbian or or something that they would be disqualified from serving in battle with the men and women of America. But now, now we've been striking that question out. We're not no tell. We don't ask them. We don't, they don't have to tell. They just keep it quiet and go about doing the abominable things that, that God talks about. Family values has begun to rapidly decline. I think that is one of the major things in America that has got us in the predicament we're in. 
as a as a youth service officer several years ago, I I saw young people beginning to lay out of school. We would ask them, "Why does your parents know that you're laying out of school?" They say, "No, they don't care. They didn't care if I go to school or not. Many of them weren't even there. Many of them, there was only one parent in the family, and that one parent had to go to work and was leaving many of the children to basically raise themselves." I believe our family values, that's where many of our moral problems in America has started been at homes, right in a home. And our homes are not like the homes that many of us grew up in. In my home, my, my parents were not the, the, the greatest churchgoer, but they did take me to church most of the time. They did teach me to pray before we had meals, and they would teach me to pray, to bow my head uh, in church, uh, to, be, to act accordingly in, in when I came into the church house. They taught me that when I came inside this building, this is a holy place, and God was here, and we're to, to uh, represent it as a holy place, and we're to behave accordingly. Our moral values have changed. Ask our teachers today. Many of you here are teachers. I've got them in my family. I've got a daughter and and two daughter-in-laws that are teachers. You ask them about uh, how school system has gotten. Where children do not obey the laws that even the teachers lay out. How children only obey, obey and do what they want to do. They've been taught to do what they want to do. They don't have to do that. Don't have to do that. We're not allowed to punish them. Where we're not allowed to do some things that have done you wrong and and uh, or you've done them wrong, and you may want to repent, but they don't, they don't want to hear nothing about it. They want to do not want to accept you, but God will. His arms are open for you. He wants to hear you. Come to him. He wants to love you. That's the way, that's the way he treated uh, Israel. Israel had gotten so far away. They, they were not worshiping him. They were worshiping false idols. They were dabbling in sin and things and idolatry. Not only them, but they'd even got their, their sister, as it said, Judah, was watching them and following them in their direction and doing things that that is not pleasing to God also. And and Jeremiah points it out here. God has has showed Jeremiah what they had done and and also what they need to do to turn around, to turn around. And I believe America needs to see that. We need to turn around. We need to turn all the way from our from uh, Washington all the way down to our local governments. We need to turn around in our school system. But most of all, it needs to start with us, and it needs to start in our homes and in our families. That's where it needs to start. I, I believe that's where it all begins, right at home. As I said, as a, as a uh, counselor, as a youth service officer, 
Oh, the sinfulness. Laying out of school is where many of it began. And while they were out of school, they were getting into trouble. Their parents didn't know where they was at. And they was coming to the courts and they were getting in trouble. And they were having to pay fines. And many of the families weren't even with them when they come to court. They didn't really care. Didn't really care. God cares about us. And he wants us to be his. And he wants us to repent. And he wants us to pray. What our country needs besides repentance is a country that praying. I'm going to share this uh, with you about a, about a lady. One person who started praying. One person started praying. And how this one person changed lives. This was in Germany. This was in the city of Lips, Germany, if I pronounce that right. I've been there several times, and some of the German names are kind of hard to pronounce sometimes. But uh, uh, I was there during the uh, uh, Berlin Wall. And, the Berlin, and even across uh, into West, West uh, Berlin, they were praying. They would sing, they would pray, they would march, they would hold the candles. And it was all done peacefully. No rioting, no destroying public property, no beating up or damaging people's life and killing people and doing things that that definitely are not of God. Uh, It grew to 120 people in the streets. Then on June the 12th of uh, 1987, President Ronald Reagan, he came to the, the uh, West Berlin Wall. And he gave this impassionate speech. You've probably heard it in your, in your history books uh, over the last several years. And his speech uh, said something like this. I won't read the whole speech, but he says, If you seek prosperity for the Soviet Union and the Eastern Bloc of Europe, If you seek liberalization, if you seek peace, Gorbachev, come to this gate. Open this gate and tear it down. And then November the 9th, not very long afterward, uh, the Berlin Wall did come down. But it came down after Ronald Reagan came and gave another important speech. And he asked for the same thing, Mr. Gorbachev. Tear this wall down. Tear this wall down. Was, were, who was responsible for that? Was it Gorbachev? Was he the one that gave the command to turn the, to destroy it, to take it apart? Or was it the president that gave it, his impassioned speech? I, I believe it was those six people that began praying. I believe it was those six people that sought peace. They wanted to, wanted to destroy that wall that was separating them with communism. I believe that's, it all started with that one little group, that one person that prayed and did not give up, continued and prayed and did not give up. Do you know people like that? I know people. I know one. I know my mother who prayed for me. I remember her prayers. She prayed for me to get saved. I was the oldest of six. 
And I was coming to that age where I was asking a lot of questions, and she would pray. She would pray that I would get saved. My grandmother would pray. And Grandma, Grandma was the oldest of the, of the group. She would pray that I would get saved. And I got saved one, one, one Saturday at an Ambassador for Christ uh, outing. And I, the Spirit spoke to me and saved my soul. And it all started with one woman praying for me. Talking to the Lord. Asking Him to speak to me through that Holy Spirit. November the 9th, 1989, the Berlin Wall was torn down. It wasn't Gorbachev or Ronald Reagan that tore it down. It was the German people praying with candles in hand for God to hear their pleas for peace. While I was over there, that wall came down. It was destroyed. And I went and got a piece of the Berlin Wall. I've got a piece of it right there. I, I laid it in front here if you want to see a piece. That piece of stone or concrete is basically all it was. But it separated peace from a country. It, it, it separated uh, families from, from loving each other and, and t- caring for each other. That concludes with this this morning. God has promised to always be with us. He has told us also to pray. When we seek needs in our life, when we've got somebody that's ill or sick, we want to pray. I see people on Facebook. I see people uh, through our church here. Uh, I get calls to pray for so-and-so. They seek your prayers. And that's where it begins. And that's where it's going to have to start with our nation returning to the Lord. It's going to start with us praying. It may have to start right here here with the Elizabeth Chapel. It may have to start right here with you. One of you and your family starting praying for peace in America. Peace in America. We should pray for not only peace but for all things in our life. What a wonderful thing God has given us. Prayer. Prayer. Last week I preached at uh, Silver Point where I'm an interim pastor. Well, actually they're voting on me today while I'm gone as to be the interim pastor. I may be and I may not before I get back. I don't know. I don't know. I've been preaching a lot about returning to the Lord. I've been preaching a lot about what America needs, and that's a old-fashioned revival to break out. You know it? We we could start it right here at Elizabeth Chapel. Start an old-fashioned revival. Let me tell you about one old-fashioned revival. It started by uh, uh, in uh, when a young D.L. Moody, which we most of you know, he was called to preach a revival meeting at the Church of England. He preached the morning service, and there was no spirit at all. He, so he expected the same thing to happen in the evening service. It happened in the first. But there was a lady there at the church. She was an invalid and couldn't be at the church services. Her name was Mary Ann, and she was an invalid and not able to attend. But her sister attended that morning service, and she came home to give her Sister, a report of how the service went. After hearing the report, Mary Ann excused herself to her room, locked the door, and asked to not be disturbed. 
In her room, she prayed for the night's service. All evening long, she prayed. That night, Moody preached and almost just uh, dismissed the service without an invitation. He asked if anyone wanted to receive Christ as their Savior that night to please stand. There was almost 100 people stood that day. He was kind of confused at that. Nothing happened in the morning service. What's going on? Did they understand what he was trying to say? So Moody thought they did not, so he gave a, another plea. He told them to all sit back down, and he's going to start back over. He further explained the invitation and what it meant to be saved. And then he asked all of those who wanted to receive Christ as Savior to stand this time, and almost everybody stood. He was still not really truly understand if they understood. He wanted to make sure the communication was clear. So he asked those who wanted to receive Christ to stay after the benediction was over with. Almost nobody moved. Everybody stayed. People were counseled that evening and led Christ and were led to Christ well past midnight. A revival had begun that would sweep England. And many of you heard in, in history about the great revival that began in England back, back many years ago. Moody wanted to know why there was such a difference between the morning service and the evening service. He discovered what it was. One concerned person who in prayer had grabbed a hold of the willingness of God and held on to prayer and God sent revival. I believe one willing person here. I believe many willing persons here could pray like that for God to send revival to Smithfield, Tennessee. That, and that revival would spread all through the nation. All through the nation, and people would get saved. Lives were changed. A strife would stop. People would start loving each other again, no matter what they looked like or what color their skin was, what religion they come from, whether a Buddhist or a Mormon, that God can get a hold of them and God can change their, their thinking. Is there hope for their, a world today? Even with all the trouble that's going on, and I can't hardly stand to watch the, mo the, the, the media anymore on TV, I actually turn it off. I may watch the local news, but it's being filtrated and infiltrated too because our world is in danger today of strife and turmoil and even interwar within the countries. And we've seen what war years ago and how the Civil War destroyed us as a nation. Yeah, I believe there is a hope for America if we will repent and if we will return to the Lord. Repent and return to the Lord. That's the answer to our world's questions today. Praying, repenting, Returning to godly values 
moral values, and repenting to the Word and abiding by what God's Word says. Not being afraid of what anybody else says. Not being afraid of, 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 of being condemned and being made fun of because you're a Christian. But not being ashamed of God and what God has done for us all down through the years. God did that for Israel. And I believe he's going to do it for America again. I can feel revival. I can feel headed coming their way. I do. I feel it headed this way. I think the I think the pandemics, I think the 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 strife and all these things are getting America's attention again. And and, and it's showing us the direction we're going in. And and I believe it's it's gonna lead us back to the Lord. And let's let's begin praying right here for that. Even today, let's pray for that. If you're lost today, why don't you pray and ask the Lord to forgive you, forgive you of your sins. Why don't you ask him to let, allow you to come and repent, and he will. He did that for Israel. He opened their back. He said, I'm not going to remove you. I'm not going to destroy you by fire if you'll repent, if you'll come back. And I believe God still does the same. He's the same God. The same one that loves us. Will you stand with me this morning? And let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for the sweet, sweet spirit, Lord, in this place. We, we know, Lord, Lord, we can have that sweet spirit in our hearts. And I know, Lord, we can agree to all things that the Bible tells us. And the message speaks to our hearts. We know we can understand it. We can shake our hands and we can agree that we are in need of prayer. But if we don't pray, Lord, how are we going to overcome? How are we going to uh, change, Lord? How are we going to uh, understand that we need to repent, Lord, if we don't actually do it? Put some legs to our prayers and some uh, a voice to our actions. Help us to be that, have the courage to do that, Lord. Not be ashamed of the gospel. Not be ashamed. Lord, forgive us where we fail to do that. Help us, Lord, to repent and return to you. In your gracious and holy name I pray. Amen.